0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Ekkison here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. You may have heard about ideas to send social workers on police calls instead of the cops, I went to one city where they're doing just that to see how it's working out. This week on Full Measure, I'm going to be taking a look at the economy. We're talking about Sunday, December 5th. You know, economists are typically not neutral in terms of their views. A lot of times I notice on news reports, an economist may be interviewed and treated as if that person has an objective view of what the economy is like or what the forecast is, but in fact, economists often come from a specific philosophy or viewpoint, and it 's almost never set up that way when you hear an economist interviewed. they rarely say this is a conservative leaning economist or a liberal leaning economist or an economist that comes from this school of thought or that school of thought. The fact is, there are many differences of opinions, particularly when it comes for forecasts for the economy and Let's face it, if one economist or set of economists cornered the market on accuracy, well, we wouldn't need to interview a bunch of economists because we would know what the future holds. And in fact, there's a lot of uncertainty. So in my program this week, when we're looking at the economy, how we got where we are today, how bad is it really? What is the near-term forecast for the future? And when we're talking about things like the debt and inflation as the price of nearly everything, it seems, seems to be going so high, the supply chain issues, the labor market, so much of these things, there are going to be differences of opinion among economists. So what I'm doing this week is I found economists that come from different viewpoints to ask them really the same questions about the economy, and they agreed to sit side by side and kind of debate each other very politely in a civil way you don't see a lot on the TV news these days. And you might be surprised to hear they do agree on some fundamental points, but where they seem to disagree the most is what's behind the fundamentals. So, for example, both of these economists agreed that inflation is not going away, our inflation problem, in the next couple of weeks or even the couple of months, but they disagree on, let's say, who's to blame or who's to credit or how we got here. So that's my program this Sunday, my cover story on Full Measure. But another story I'm reporting this week from Denver has to do with the Denver Police Department's STAR program. And this is something that's happening amid efforts to defund police departments nationwide. There's been a little bit of remorse in some places as crime has gone up, particularly in some communities where they have taken steps to defund the police departments to some degree. Well, in Denver, they are short of police like a lot of places. They're not fully forced right now. And anyway, the STAR program, as you'll hear in a moment, was a pilot program, and it involves sending a van with social workers to some 911 police calls. They triage the calls, and they decide uh, occasionally when there might be a call that's appropriate for these responders to come to who are not police officers. Part of the idea is save the resources of law enforcement where they're needed the most, particularly when they're short-staffed. Maybe they're not needed for these calls where there's a lot of homelessness in Denver now, y'all. But there are a lot of homeless people who have mental health issues. And let's say businesses are calling because there's someone using drugs, uh, kind of laying in front of the street and harassing other people. Maybe it's decided that's not a call for the cops to take care of. That's something that can be handled more by social workers or mental health professionals, In those cases, they're triaging those, sending the star van, and seeing if they can avoid escalating a situation and also save the police resources. Now this was initially portrayed when I read about it. The reason I wanted to interview the police chief in Denver about this program was it was sort of billed in some of the media as part of an effort to defund the police, that they were taking some police out of the equation. But I found out from Chief Paul Pazin that that's not the case. In fact, the star van was his idea. He copied it from another city where it seemed to be working. And he said this is actually an enhancement of the police force. It's actually increasing in budget, not taking away from the police budget. So it's not a defund the police program. It's something he's fully on board with in addition to good, strong policing and not changing that. Another interesting part you will hear in my interview with the chief in just a moment There's another component to this whole program. It's not just responding to people who may have mental health problems or drug addictions, and often these are going hand in hand, particularly in these big cities that are overrun with problems like that, but there's follow-up. There is actually a team that will visit with these people afterwards to see what sorts of ongoing services they may need. That's something that he says, the chief, is sorely lacking in many places, and that's the key to helping perhaps get some of these people off the street so the same calls aren't coming in over and over again about the same people. Well, how is all of this working out so far after their pilot program? Here's my interview on the STAR program with Chief Paul Pazin of Denver. Can you just briefly set the stage? In the past three years, what's been going on in Denver and policing? What kind of atmosphere and what's been happening?
1: Well, uh, a couple of things. I'm uh, born and raised here in Denver, a lifelong resident who uh, has the good fortune of being the police chief currently. Before this, I was the district or district commander in District 1, which is northwest Denver, the same neighborhoods that I grew up in. Uh, what's going on in Denver, there's uh, a few things. Uh One, uh, the history of Denver is uh, generally that of a community that comes together to solve problems, to solve issues. We're very forward-leaning. We take pride in being able to look at innovative solutions as a community uh, in order to solve complex issues. Uh, Kind of building uh, on that history of of coming together, uh, we worked with uh, community nonprofits uh, in order to create uh, something that this entire city, uh, for the most part, is is very proud of, and that is our STAR program. Uh,
0: we okay, before we get into that, before the STAR program was created, were there calls to defund the police here?
1: Absolutely not. Uh, these uh, the, the defund calls, the abolish calls, uh, these started uh, post-George uh, Floyd killing.
0: But I mean, did you face those calls after the George Floyd killing?
1: Yes, uh, just like many police departments uh, across the the country, particularly uh, the bigger cities, uh, faced uh, these types of of defund, uh, abolish, reallocate funds uh, to something other than policing.
0: And before we get into the specific STAR program, what sorts of things have you had to do or have you done to try to fend off that to make, if you have fended it off?
1: Uh, Well, uh, you know, uh, good question uh, about fending off. Uh, I think the most important part is that uh, people recognize uh, safety, public safety, and the important role that the police department and other law enforcement uh, aspects of the criminal justice system play towards that. Uh, One thing that I see and hear Uh, as I uh, interact with our communities is, by and large, community members want to be safe. And I hear from community members that are not talking about defunding the police, that they want the same or more policing in their community. They want better uh, policing. And I think if we go uh, at this approach, looking at alternative responses, that uh, this is part of better policing. It's not one or the other. These are ands. Let's get alternative response and enough police officers to, to help our community stay safe.
0: Now, am I correct that even before you were police chief, you were looking at a program, I don't know if it was already called the STAR program, but what, how did you find out about it? And what made you think that was a good idea?
1: So, uh, kind of uh, going to your earlier question about the the history uh, here in Denver uh we uh, were early adopters of the co-responder program we had four co-responders dating back to 2016 and saw the tremendous value in being able to help people that are in mental health or substance abuse crisis by getting a trained uh, clinician trained professional to help us do this Uh, we also saw some great work that took place in uh, one of our neighborhoods where we had a grant and we Partnered with a nonprofit to deliver mental health services. It worked so well that the uh, parents and, and community members formed their own group in order to address some of these uh, mental health challenges that they had with their children. So that served as, as kind of the foundation of, hey, let's you know really uh, take a look at this. And and we saw nothing but positive results. From uh, our initial uh, attempts with the co-responder programs so we we had a nice uh, strong foundation. Uh, about four years ago uh, before I was uh, police chief, I met with uh, community members and uh, we talked about this concept uh, you know, Borrowing uh, the idea from Cahoots in, in Eugene, Oregon, and uh, we did uh, our research uh, on it. We reached out to uh, Eugene, the police chief. We reached out to Whitebird Clinic and and uh, the folks that uh, you know been doing similar type of work. Recognizing that there are also unique differences between our city and uh, Eugene, Oregon, so uh, we came together uh, with community members. Uh, We also recognize that funding would be a a, a challenge here. So thankfully, the people of Denver uh, had a ballot initiative called Caring for Denver that allows uh, money to be spent for these types of, of programs. We sent uh, a team up to Eugene to take a look at it, as well as to see uh, what those differences are for our community and how we can work together in a collaborative way and and, and address uh, the needs that our people have uh, here in order to deliver the best service
0: possible. Can you give a thumbnail sketch of the basic concept what STAR is?
1: So uh, our STAR program here in Denver is designed to help uh, people that are in crisis, whether that's mental health. Uh, crisis or substance abuse Uh, it's also uh, out there to uh, help individuals that may be experiencing homelessness and these are the low-level calls where there's not a weapon there's no violence that uh, is being displayed and uh, we're safely sending uh, unarmed mental health clinicians as well as paramedicine professionals to these calls to help get better outcomes for the individual who's in crisis
0: how long have you been doing this pilot program, and how's it going so far? Uh, Well,
1: uh, the program itself launched on June 1 of 2020, right in the middle of uh, the the movement uh, that we find find ourselves in post-George Floyd and uh, it was originally scheduled to launch on april 1st uh, except the pandemic got in the way we weren't sure we could uh, keep two people in the same car safe Uh, plus there were ppe challenges so uh, recognizing that the need was great recognizing that we could keep people safe we moved that start date to june 1st Uh, it's been in action for more than a year now and uh, the uh, overwhelming uh, sense from the people that are doing the work as well as the feedback that we get from community members is one that's positive Um, i also want to point out that it is something that uh, our officers have recognized uh, the value Uh, 34 percent of the time uh, in the study period that we utilized uh, it was actually a police officer that called for the star van in order to uh, assist the person that was in low level crisis
0: Do you feel in the big picture that there is more of a mental health crisis in this country or a growing mental health crisis, and this is reflected in part by the movement to use programs like the Starvan?
1: Our biggest increase we saw as far as mental health calls for service actually began in 2019. We saw about a 17% increase in mental health calls for service. Uh, We were also very concerned about this during the the pandemic, and... uh, we were getting daily reports on things like uh, suicides, uh, mental health calls for service. We looked at domestic violence. Uh, we looked at child abuse to see uh, what the pandemic and, and uh, you know some of the uh, economic crisis, some of the stay-at-home uh, issues would have on individual psyche. Um, total calls stayed relatively flat. However, we did see some increases for example, in domestic violence, at the level of violence itself. Uh, so we uh, we studied that. I, I think that, that time will tell. I think that uh, we have uh, a lot of mental health calls for service currently, and uh, we need to figure out how we can address these in the most appropriate way, how we can get the better outcomes. And sometimes those better outcomes do not include a, uh, a police officer.
0: Can you describe the philosophy? Is the idea that... First of all, a police officer's time is wasted responding to something that does not need law enforcement help. Is it the idea that law enforcement can escalate a situation unintentionally when they go somewhere if, you know, armed and if they're not needed in that capacity?
1: So uh, a little bit of uh, everything that you just said, right? Uh, We definitely want our police officers to be available to address the violent crime issues that we have the property crime issues that we have and the traffic safety issues uh, that's something that police officers do very well uh, when we're talking about individuals in mental health crisis we have uh, some additional training that, that many police officers across the country including ours have as far as crisis intervention techniques 40 hours uh, of training in order to help deal with individuals who are in mental health crisis. And that's a good start, uh, but uh, would you rather have somebody with uh, 40 hours of of training or somebody that's got four years uh, of uh, college degree and, and background that does this work? So really when we're asking that question, we frame it as, the better outcomes. Uh, We want better outcomes for for our community. And uh, this means the individual that's uh, in crisis having a better outcome, as well as freeing up law enforcement to address violent crime, property crime, and traffic safety. It is a win-win for everybody that's
0: involved. Stick around. There's more after a short break. Do you have something to say and want to make your own podcast? Let me tell you how to do that for free with Anchor, Anchor has creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places, and you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's all you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You said earlier, some people see this as a defund the police solution. People may see this however they want to see it through whatever lens. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Uh, Yes. Uh, And and I really appreciate uh, asking that question because, uh, you know, it's getting a lot of attention across the country, and there are folks that see this as this is what we're talking about when we are talking about defunding uh, the police. Um, Similar to... uh, the the ongoing continuum of care is uh, it is great that we can get better outcomes for individuals that are in low-level crisis. But when we look at our calls for service, when we look at uh, the the more than 600,000 times that somebody calls 911 for uh, a varying degree uh, of issues, uh, what STAR can handle fully built-out is about 2.8% of our, of our calls for service, a relatively small number. So uh, this is a better way to get those positive outcomes to free officers up to deal with those uh, higher level calls for service, the violent crime, the property crime, and the traffic safety. Uh, some folks see this as an or, right? police officers or star vans and mental health professionals. We see this as an and, and it's part of a continuum uh, of care. It's part of reducing the uh, harms that impact uh, our community in order to uh, keep this city
0: safe. So in Denver, anyway, in Denver, this is not a plan to reduce the police force a certain amount and hand those responsibilities over to somebody else or take money from the police force and put it elsewhere.
1: We've been able to fund this through the ballot initiative, Caring for Denver. So not a a penny of the star program comes from the uh, police department and and takes money uh, away. And I would encourage folks to continue to down that path, that this is not an or, this is an and. And that if we focus on outcomes, if we say we want better outcomes, we don't focus on, hey, I want to make this uh, slogan uh, come true then that's how we can do a better job of keeping our community safe, how we can make policing better as well as uh, get better outcomes for the people that are in need.
0: So what happens next with this program as it's, I guess, handed off to the state and funded, actually expanded? So
1: uh, the the program itself, uh, we're very proud of our collaboration with our community members to get uh, the pilot up and running. Uh, we're very thankful for the funding from Caring for Denver to help us uh, do this. Uh, ultimately, this will be transitioned over to uh, the uh, Denver Department of Public Health and Environment because of the behavioral health aspects uh, of this. Uh, they will. Uh, Manage uh, this uh, program, the, the Star program, uh, in close partnership with Denver nine one one because nine one one essentially is is the hub. Uh, we have a, a hotline that comes in seven two zero nine one three Star, as well as our non emergency number and our emergency number. That uh, the the operational side of this will be run out of Denver nine one one.
0: And. Um... When does that happen the chain what is it still a pilot program technically or when uh, that...
1: it? it's uh, it's being transitioned uh, as we speak so uh, Carly Simon, one of the uh, the uh, uh, main uh, folks from the very beginning somebody who traveled to Eugene Oregon uh, will help as uh, managing this program out of Denver nine one one so we're we're in that transition process as we speak they're was uh, an RFP in order to do the expansion. The uh, city council and the mayor's office have been very supportive of this uh, by uh, awarding $1.4 million last year, expanding that uh, this year. So the the big picture is that we get uh, multiple star vans uh, throughout uh, the entire city in order to address these low-level mental health calls for service, freeing up officers to address the uh, violent crime property crime and traffic safety challenges that we face
0: and can you talk about the bigger picture you mentioned you already you have additionally a co-responder program and other facets the follow-up and so on
1: Uh, Yes, and and thanks for uh, the opportunity to to talk about uh, this continuum of of care, because STAR is amazing. Uh, The the program itself has had uh, better outcomes than what we had initially conceived uh, during this, and we're we're very uh, proud of uh, the work that they do, and we see that every day uh, on the uh, positive impact that they're having for people with low-level mental health crisis. Uh, What's important to note is uh, having a robust co-responder program for those mid and higher level calls for service. An individual that may be armed with a weapon or an individual that's displaying violent behavior you don't want to send uh, civilian folks into that situation where they could be hurt uh, as a result uh, of their attempts to help people so having a co-responder with a police officer to de-escalate the situation and try to keep uh, folks safe is critical we have a very uh, robust system with 25 co-responders currently expanding that to 32 uh, again with the help uh, from caring for denver and then, uh, you know, the, the the piece that I think is critical in all of this is the follow-up. Right? It's great that we have this alternative response for low-level mental health uh, calls for service. It's great that we have uh, co-responders in every district uh, to to have twenty-four seven coverage. But what you do. Um, after you're helping somebody that is in crisis is where I see a lot of the uh, important work that to be done. And in Denver, what we have created, uh, it started a month after the STAR program, is what's called outreach case coordinators. So social workers that follow up after the individual is helped on the street. Right? The average time on call for STAR, for example, is about 25 minutes. My uh, issues are not going to be solved in 25 minutes, right? If I have mental health challenges or substance abuse challenges, that 25 minutes uh, may stabilize me for the moment and and reduce the uh, acuity and the crisis that I'm in. But what about next week? What about next month? And so what we've created uh, here in Denver is that follow-up program, that ability to help people Uh, after the call for service to connect them to housing, to connect them to jobs, to connect them to services so they're not sliding back into uh, a crisis mode. And uh, we see that as the long-term sustainable approach to really uh, helping people in our city.
0: Denver Police Chief Paul Pazin. For more on this effort, the Starvan effort, and others like it, you can watch my program on Sunday, December 5th To find a TV station in your city that plays Full Measure, you can go to CherylAckeson.com, click the Full Measure tab, and you'll see the whole list of stations on that page. You can also watch us live or replays online Sundays at FullMeasure.News. FullMeasure.News. Live starts at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Sunday. And then we post the program there usually around noon Eastern Time, sometimes before, so you can see all the segments. You can watch last week's program there right now, in fact. And download our free app, Stir S-T-I-R-R. You can see Full Measure Live or on demand there. Has a lot of other great entertainment possibilities and movies and shows and local news even. Because a few of you have asked how you can support independent journalism, particularly as the information landscape becomes more and more managed, visit the Cheryl Atkinson store at SherylAckeson.com. Click the store tab at the top and you can see products with some sayings I think you're really going to like on them, such as, if you're not allowed to debate it, it's not science. And some animals are more equal than others. And of course... Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself. These are great gift ideas and a great way to support independent journalism. The Cheryl Ackeson store at SherylAckeson.com. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.